0: and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is Boardcast News for March 17th. My name is Matt, and joining me on the show today are my two wonderful co-hosts, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan.
1: Ladies. Ooh.
0: (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. Just a few introductions. Uh, If you want to find us, you can do so on Facebook at The League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can join the conversation at the BGG Guild number 2077, you can check out our live show and other video content over at YouTube, or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. Today is broadcast news as I said, so we have some news stories, some Kickstarter, and some league news to go through. Without further ado, let's jump on in. (laughs) Alright, so our first news story is about Greater Than Games. They are picking up and reprinting the game Exoplanets on Kickstarter. This is a 2-4 to four player game about terraforming planets using the valuable light resource to change the surface of the planets and score victory points. So, this was originally kickstarted some time ago. They crushed their funding. I think they got 40000 out of a $10,000 goal. Uh, But the second edition is now picked up by Greater Than Games. And we'll be coming back to Kickstarter with new and improved uh, rules at least. I don't know if they're going to do anything to the components. It looked alright as it was. Uh, But I do know they're going to update and shape up the rule set. And the original game was $40 MSRP. So I'm hoping that the new version will be somewhere around that price point. Is this a game that was on either of your radars? I had never heard of it before I saw this news article.
2: I've looked at it before.
1: Yeah, I saw the original. It looked okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got... It's it's a nice, clean design, like, aesthetically well, speaking. I don't know
0: how it plays. Yeah, I mean, it's euro style resource collection and jumping from planet to planet and changing them to what you want them to be and score points in certain ways. So, you know, I don't think it was rave reviews in terms of ingenuity but you know another interesting twist on a familiar game style so something cool interesting that greater than games is reaching out picking up some new things you know branching out of their self-created ips and things like that so something to look out for next news story is that steven Bonacore from stronghold games is officially going full-time it's amazing that stronghold games has been run you know by steven even though he has another full-time job you know, giving us all hope. But uh, it's official that he will be doing Stronghold Games full-time, and with that announcement comes a slew of new games coming out this year. I mean, they already put out a good number of games per year since they've uh, been established, but they just did their collaboration with Spiel. They announced that recently, and they also have some independent titles that are coming out through Stronghold Games. The big ones that our group will be interested in are that the Village reprints are coming out. The Village base game and the first expansion will be coming out this month, March. And then in May, My Village, along with some of the other expansions, will be coming out. They also have some new additions to their small box card game line, including Bear Valley and Stellar Conflict, which you may have heard of. And then they also have some big games that, I, uh, that I'm that i assuming are going to be for Origins, and that's Pursuit of Happiness and City of Spies. So, you know, I don't know too many details about these games. I've heard about all of them. I've looked into them a little bit. But just a big lineup. Like, this isn't even Stronghold Games' full lineup for the year. This gets us through June. So that's kind of crazy.
2: I feel like every year he gets more and more going on. So it doesn't surprise me that he's having to do it full time. Because last year they had a fair amount of games out. And it's a lot.
0: (laughs) And I know some of them, like, he's partnering up and he's doing reprints, which is kind of what Stronghold Games was founded on. So I guess I guess those don't take as much time, so it's easier to put them out. That would be my assumption. Uh, but he still has a lot of brand new games coming out, too, so it's kind of cool. Maybe if he goes full-time, he'll read his rule books and make them <sighs> better. Uh, Ouch. Yeah, I had to say <laughs> it, because they all suck. They're not good. <laughs> they are rough around the edges a lot of the time. As someone who just uh, struggled through the Stronghold 2nd Edition rulebook. Yeah. They're not always 100%. But that's okay, because the games are fun. So the next piece of news, we're going to see how Tiff feels about this one. Ghostbusters 2, the board game, is coming to Kickstarter in April. Dumb. Uh, Cryptozoic has paired up with Sony Entertainment, and uh, another Ghostbusters game is coming out. Now, I, for the first time saw an actual picture of Ghostbusters on the on the tabletop I'd only seen the renderings before and I was unimpressed with how it looked don't know how it played so just some background on this new original story path is being created for this game Um, that story and the components that they're creating are all going to be modeled after the comic book Um, so no tie-in with the new movie or anything like that no tie-in with the old movie you know looking at the comic canon so Tiff, as our resident Ghostbusters aficionado, how you feeling?
2: I don't know. I mean, I didn't back the first game, so that should tell you how I feel about the second game. And I haven't really looked into that, for, other than looking at that original Kickstarter, I haven't looked into the first game since then. So I don't know. I'm not really excited about it. I'm happy with my Ghostbusters just being the original movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I haven't heard really any feedback about this game and that's typically a bad thing because there are games like this floating around like your zombie sides and things like that which even though they're the same game every year people enjoy them and they talk about them and they're happy with the gameplay but I don't even hear good, you know much good or bad about Ghostbusters it seems like it's kind of fallen by the wayside is that I mean is that your perception?
2: I mean, I don't know anyone that bought it. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about it, and maybe that's just because I hang out with people who are mostly Euro people and yeah. this Ghostbusters game wouldn't appeal to them anyway, so it's it's hard to say if it's just like my crowd that's not into it. But that being said, we're all from the you know, a generation that really appreciates that movie, so you would think that at least one person I know would have tried it out. But yeah, no. But...
0: You can buy it for, like, 30 bucks now, so that should say it all. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, another one's coming. We'll see if they learned anything from their first first project.
2: If they're making a second one, then they must have made some money on the first one, right? I mean, that's how it goes. That's why you make a sequel.
1: Well, the Kickstarter alone made them
0: hundreds of thousands of dollars, so if they need a little cash flow, then yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that they made money on the project. The question is, once people got the game, did they... Do they buy enough goodwill basically for people to want more? You know, you can back a game and make money off it, but that does not mean that the game was any good. I, I have a feeling this might be like Ghostbusters 2, the movie.
2: Yes. Not very I good. I have a <laughs> feeling that it might be that too.
0: But anyway, we will see in April. Our next news story is that Robo Rally is coming back. Wizards of the Coast still owns Robo Rally, and they will be reprinting um, the original game sometime after August, the projected date is August 1st, but you know, things move around. Um, I am the worst Robo Rally player ever. So this doesn't interest me at all. It largely looks like the original though. You know, Smee's got the really old one and I think Ben traded for an older copy. So looking at those components, this has a very similar graphic design. It doesn't look like they've updated anything if much. I don't know. Are you guys Robo Rally fans?
2: I have Robo Rally. I've played Robo Rally. I don't know if you would call me a fan of Robo Rally. I'm not going to buy this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This is, I'm usually willing to play any game, honestly. Like, I have preferences, but if people are like, this is the game that I want to play, I'll jump in. But Ben recently got Robo Rally, and he was like, I want to play Robo Rally. And I said, I don't want to play that game. I really don't. I just (laughs) It takes too long, and I'm not good at it. And I don't like program movement. So, I don't know. Too many laser beams. (laughs) Well, the next uh, news story is interesting. The Ion Award winners for this year were announced. So this is a little, you know, forecasting news. Games to look out for. The strategy game winner from the Ion Awards. If you don't know, the Ion Awards are uh, awards for unpublished games. So I think they had 50 or so entries this year, unpublished games. Um, And there's two categories of note. It's the strategy game and the light game. Uh, The strategy game this year was by Brian Kelly, and it's called Scarlet Pimpernel. And the light game winner was called Cypher, and that's from Adam Wise, W-Y-S-E. So I threw this in here because uh, two games that it sounds like we're probably going to see in the future, because I think every Ion Award winner for the last, like, 30 years has gotten a deal or something like that. I don't. I don't know if it's been around that long, but they've all gotten contracts and gotten their games signed. So,
2: yeah. Well, there's only one Ion Award winner in my mind. So that, sorry to the... Adam Wise and Brian <laughs> Kelly, but
0: that's the real reason I put this story in is so that we could talk about TC.
2: <laughs> Isn't there already a game called Cipher that's been published? That's Am what I... I thought. Crazy.
1: Yeah, David Short, small card game from AEG.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: What are these? What are these games about? Do you know, or you just put the names in? I just threw the names in. Something to look forward to. Um, I do not know any details about either game, so sorry.
2: All right, moving on then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in more important news than amateur game design. Cool, mini or not is making more games. That they signed on with Arcane Wonders to expand the reach of Sheriff of Nottingham. Cool, mini or not is growing and growing. That's kind of the reason why I put this news story in there. Uh, they are just branching out in every which way. They no longer are just the uh, million dollar minis company. They still are the mini do- million dollar Kickstarter minis company, but they also do uh, all these other things. So, another strategic partnership to help them grow and get their name on some more boxes. They also
1: received private funding from. Did uh, they? Yeah, investor. So, I think it was
0: a million or two. It was it was a nice chunk of change for them to yeah. kind of develop. I uh I think they're on the rise. I mean they're doing good work. I think that the games that they make, for what they are, you know, if you like those style of games, they're great. And, uh, you know, they're doing things like the Grizzled now and branching out of the uh, the strict minis games. So that's cool. Anywho. Uh, The most important news of the day is our last news story. It's from FFG. Dan, how's your uh, Imperial Assault campaign going? Uh, It's been kind of postponed indefinitely because one of the guys just recently had uh, a baby. So he's new dad mode. Ah, well, when he returns, uh, you guys may be able to dive into Cloud City, one of the nostalgic and iconic locations of the star wars universe because the bespin gambit expansion has been announced and it will be coming soon uh, along with some new imperial assault minis including lando and bosk who is the awesome reptilian bounty hunter so uh have you guys done any of the expansions or were you still working through the base game still in the base game it's cool i like the way that they do the expansion minis because they give you extra cards for uh For side missions, so it's not like you need to wait and finish the whole thing. You can plug these cards into your game, and then when they pop up randomly, all of a sudden, you know, Bosk is hunting you or something cool like that. So I like how they do the mini expansions. I don't know about the big box expansions too much, but uh, they're cool. Bespin Gamut looks cool. I really like the box art. I think it's pretty sharp. But uh, That's the FFG news, and that is all the news, unless there are any other stories floating out there from you two. Nope, nothing from me. All right, well, let's go ahead and transfer over to Kickstarter Spotlight. I got some help with that this week. Tiff has a couple projects that she pulled up. Uh, So, Tiff, tell me about the Manhattan Project Energy Empire.
2: So this is a standalone game, kind of set in the same universe as the original Manhattan Project, but after the World War II era. Uh, You play as different nations that are sort of vying for power is what the kickstarter says and they're building up all these um resources and and an energy empire obviously so it's worker placement it kind of i mean it has the same look as the original game it has uh one of the things i read that really attracted me to it is that none of the spaces are completely blocked you can spend energy to uh go on any space, extra energy. and But there are consequences to all the things you do. So you can bring like pandemic and terrible things onto the world by doing certain things. I didn't look too deeply into it because I love the Manhattan Project and I'm likely to back this just on principle. So um, I like to be surprised by my Kickstarter. So nowadays I don't do as much research as maybe I once had, but it, I mean, it looks good.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's ending April seventh, so you got plenty of time. It has funded. And it looks like what's our base pledge? To have fifty nine dollars?
2: Fifty nine. We'll get you the game and the stretch goals.
0: All right. Um, my question is, isn't this the third game in the in this like line of games that's come out almost this year on Kickstarter? They there had
2: was... a card game. But I thought I don't they know. also
0: had Manhattan Project Two. Wasn't that that's, a thing? That's being published later this year. Oh, okay. So that wasn't a Kickstarter? I don't, th- I don't know if they're kickstarting that or not. Okay. But that is, so there's three of these games. Yeah, this around. is the third, fourth, actually, fourth. game. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's weird that, you know, Manhattan Project came out years ago. Or, you know, year sounds longer than it is. A couple years ago. And it's a great game. I think it's well regarded. But now all of a sudden there's a surge of this setting this world i'm interested to know why all of a sudden this year is the year of the manhattan project
2: yeah i don't know i mean i'm glad for it it is kind of weird that they didn't parse out these projects a little bit more in between rather than have like a giant surge of them now so far after the original success of the manhattan project but it, it it's still it's doing well i mean
0: yeah no it definitely looks cool um 120 minutes is interesting it's a long game that they're billing it as
2: my hope is that they're just being honest about the playtime. time yeah. there are so many games that it's like oh 60 minutes and they're actually 90 you can always yeah. add about 30 minutes to a playtime. so i'm hoping this one isn't 150 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. nice uh i mean dan you like manhattan projects what are you thinking i love manhattan projects yeah. one of my top worker placement games i don't
1: think it gets the love it deserves uh this game was originally i saw this in prototype form i didn't get a chance to play it but it was originally called drill baby drill which is the worst name ever yeah so it is just changing it to energy empire i think was like leaps and bounds above as far as like why they're doing it i don't know i if you look at kind of minions track record they've had some they've had some hurdles on kickstarter with recent projects not so recent but you know last year and the year before so I'm, i'm wondering if By throwing out all these Manhattan Projects, kind of a known entity, a a known commodity that people enjoy and they like, if this is kind of their way of just getting back on track. Again, I don't know the inner workings of Minion Games, but if they're maybe using these to kind of, again, launch other projects, things like that. So again, balancing the cash flow, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I could see that being a reason because again, Manhattan Project is a well-regarded, if not, I think still underrated game
2: i don't know anyone that doesn't like it so
1: yeah but you don't it doesn't get talked about that's the thing like it's just i don't think it gets the love it deserves i didn't say people don't like it i'm just saying i don't think it gets as much attention as it deserves yeah. this one isn't the same designer though and that's the only i hesitate this one's i think tom jolly and uh, luke lowry lori i think are the two designers on this project and the the original is by Brandon Tibbetts so while I I understand the the thing I I mean I liked Brandon's design I don't know if I'm gonna like their design in this world kind of thing so I need to I need to look into it because you know 60 bucks on kickstarters still
0: that's that's the area where I do a little bit more research oh yeah for sure for sure because I mean that's that's retail price right there so well I don't don't know know this it's gonna be more in
2: retail according to the but in my
0: world (laughs) Yeah, that's expensive. Okay, well, something to check out. I mean, a property we all like. Maybe this one will be worth researching more, Tiff. But nope, we'll see. You probably already backed it. it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I haven't already backed it, but I don't know. It, it, for Kickstarters, it, you just never know what you're getting, no matter how much you research it. There are this plenty of true. Kickstarters that I've spent hours researching and obsessing over, and they came in the mail, and I hated them and got rid of them. Yep. So I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> no, that's fair.
0: That's fair. Alright, so let's move forward and talk about an interesting project. Uh Tiff, this is Gato the Gaming Towel.
2: I like to think of it as Gato.
0: Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Gato <laughs> the Gaming Towel.
2: I don't know. Probably Gato. But uh yeah, these are beach towels with board game boards printed on them. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's not funded and their funding goal is pretty large.
0: Yeah. They're, so uh, <laughs> We'll but I,
2: I thought it was a really interesting idea. They said they were inspired by not being able to bring the board games that they love to the beach. So, you know, like Catan and stuff, you can't mm-hmm. bring that to the beach. And so they got this idea and they put together these towels. Now, most of them are dexterity games that you play with bottle caps, which is kind of like a neat idea because if you lose a bottle cap at the beach, you're not going to be upset about it. So
0: Pollution okay. tiff.
2: <laughs> Yes, yes, they're they're promoting pollution. No, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting idea. It's kind of a neat idea. I wish it was a little bit. I wish their funding goal wasn't so gigantic.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to in know why uh, why it's so high, but I guess maybe you have to do beach towels in like a certain print run. I'm not sure it's probably a little bit different than printing board games.
2: Definitely. Well, it's 17 bucks a towel. And their goal is like 19,000. So that's a lot of beach towels that people would want, (laughs) need to want.
0: You can get the early bird for $12. So (laughs) uh, head on over. Uh, But it does have a few more days to go. This will be ending on March 25th. And like Tiff said, it's pretty far below its funding goal, noting typical trends. I. Be surprised if it makes it. But I like the idea. You know, this is expanding board games into uh, unconventional spaces, you know. And this is the kind of ideas of, like, people just wanting to inject board games all over their lives. And I fully support that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure
1: this failed once already. Didn't. This has definitely been on Kickstarter before.
0: Hmm. I believe. Because I believe
1: they emailed us about it. Oh, yeah. I looked at it and I was like a towel.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean What's it's wrong not. With that? I think I, the reason I think it's
2: that, cool. Yeah, I I think the reason these maybe aren't doing so well is cuz they're cheap. I mean, is that they just look like terrible kids games? Yeah. Like they look like the definition of a game that one of us wouldn't buy, but they are for people that game regularly. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but let's let's also how many How many, you know, and we're all nerds on this podcast, but how many nerds really go out and sit in the sun to play board games? (laughs) Dan, I live in Ohio. There is no sun. There is no sun. (laughs) I don't know. When I go to the beach personally, I get in the water, I throw the frisbee, I throw the fall. You know, I do activities. I don't sit and play a board game.
2: Well, I I do that when I go home at night. I don't consider you a typical nerd.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) the thing is that if I wanted to play a board game at the beach, there are some beach friendly games that like card games and things like that that could be played on a towel or tile games yeah tile games i mean there's there's ways to play more conventional hobby board games than these but i really want the curling towel because i just like curling in general you know i i like the idea but i can see why people might might not be jumping on it
2: right no i I can too i just want to give them props for the idea yeah for sure could be better executed but good idea
0: yeah yeah All right, so that is Gato, the gaming towel. Moving forward, another project that I'm not as familiar as Tiff with, uh, Retreat to Darkmoor.
2: Yeah, this one's from Action Phase Games, and what caught my eye on this is that it's designed by Matt Loomis, friend of the show, and Isaac Shellov. So we know those guys, and that's kind of my Kickstarter MO anyway, is just to back things that my friends make, so... (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I checked this out, but it's really kind of a neat idea. You're you're playing as a dark overlord controlling these decks of minions and. From what I understand, and, and and I I looked at this one a little bit more in depth than I normally do, uh, you're these minions go out into these different lines and they eventually something triggers the legendary heroes to come out and fight them. And what you're trying to do is not be the slowest person in the line. It kind of works on that, um, you know, you don't have to be faster than the bear, you just have to be <laughs>
0: faster than your slowest friend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: so it's kind it works on that principle and it's a shorter game and only play it says 30 to 45 minutes so that is my sweet spot. I think this one I'm going to back almost certainly, but it looks neat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a chance to check this one out. I did when it first launched, I tweeted about it and uh I bookmarked it to go back and look at and I just I've been swamped this week. I haven't had a chance to, but I I have heard rumblings that like you said it is that just don't be the last one in line which is kind of cool. So, uh yeah, it's definitely a reminder and I'm I'm looking forward to digging into it. I'll probably back it too.
0: Yeah, I mean the price is right, 19 bucks. Um Action Phase has done a number of Kickstarter projects so they know what they're doing and it looks like delivery will be in September. That's not too long to wait. No. You know? So, a lot of good things going on here. I li- I like the concept of it. And I like the designers.
2: You know what else is interesting? I haven't gotten a new fantasy-themed game in a long time.
0: That's because you keep buying Frontier games.
2: (laughs) Anyway, I kind of got excited about it. Because for a while, fantasy themes were like all the rage. And then they've gone away. And now I'm like, ooh, fantasy themes. I'm a hipster now.
0: Yeah. Get back (laughs) on it. All right, friends. Let's talk about something that we can all agree on. How awesome Lazy Susans are. Oh dear. There is a project up on Kickstarter right now called The Lazy Gamer, and it will be ending on March 31st. It has met its funding goal, and this is in Canadian dollars and shipping and things like that, so keep that in mind if you're in the U.S. like us. This is a Lazy Susan made for gamers. Now, many moons ago, Dan and I and the gaming group were like, man, we need to get a Lazy Susan, and we just never did it. Um, But Lazy Susans are a fantastic thing for board gaming. You put your board in the middle, it rotates, you don't have to, you know, worry about reading the board upside down and things like that. Now, the issue is, is that they don't make them big enough usually. Enter a crazy, overproduced, I shouldn't say overproduced, very nicely produced, leather and steel and felt Lazy Susan. This thing is crazy. It is a giant rectangular uh, lazy susan board. It's got the rotating platform on the bottom. Um, it's made w- with leather panels with stainless steel kind of slats in between, um, stainless steel screws that they you know are flush. I-, I watched the whole Kickstarter video. It's like ten minutes, and they explain the whole production of the thing. So I'm all into it. Essentially, this is just a lazy susan that you put on your table and it rotates around. But it's awesome because it's elevated. So when you spin it, it goes over your materials, all of your, your components and things like that, it doesn't bump things, um, It slides really nice, holds the board. Yeah, but it doesn't go over your friends. I mean, if you spin
1: this at the wrong time, it could be your last turn, literally, if you get That's knocked true. out.
0: If you, <laughs> you have to be careful because you may get impaled or it might lacerate you or decapitate you, you have to be very mindful. Don't bend down whilst this is spinning because it'll like cut your head off. Um, This thing is heavy-duty, real deal, and because of that, it's very expensive, but it looks very cool. Um, It comes in two different sizes. They have a third one that they're working on. Everything that they show in the video and the pictures is the Goliath size, as they call it, and that seems to be the size that will fit most game boards without the board hanging off. It fits a Catan board, um, Flush, it fits a Ticket to Ride board. The uh, Arkham Horror Board, I think if you go with the smaller size, it's going to hang off a little, which might not be a problem, but um, I don't know. Everything is showing the bigger size. And that thing comes in at $200, which is wild. Even even worse, I shouldn't say worse, even more to consider is that shipping for this stainless steel, wood, and leather thing is over $100, so you're nope, looking at paths. the cost of a small table to get a Lazy Susan. My worry would be that, like, okay, they
1: show you Catan and Ticket to Ride. But how often are you playing Catan and Ticket to Ride? Like, I'd want to see some of the games that I play. And I know they can't, but I'm saying, to, like, well, to I you spend
0: all this money. To be fair. That's a lot of effort. I don't really want to These guys that. in their video. I know. These guys are gamers. they are, and I, They are hardcore gamers, I should say. Because the thing that they bill, it, they start by talking about Ticket to Ride and Catan. And then they show Orleone, Above and Below, Terra Mystica. Yeah, it's, they've considered it all. It all fits on there. And they play with this thing. And they've also considered the width of a standard table where the rotation won't make this hang over the board. Uh, I should say the rotation won't hang over the table for certain sizes. So they've thought a lot about this. Um, I, I do think that this is a product that would work for us as more, uh, entrenched gamers. No, I wasn't trying to say like
1: anything about the level of game being played. I'm just saying like, if I buy, if I spent $300 on this thing, I've got 300 games. How many of my games will actually fit on this board? I don't know that. Tell me how many boards are
2: smaller than
0: most boards are smaller than Arkham Horror, Dan. I guess. This you thing guess? might actually make... Giant. I,
1: I don't remember Arkham Hara. I tried to, I'd like, remove <laughs> that memory um,
0: from my brain. I, it's I an know. interest... How do you spin it without hitting people, though? <laughs> it, they, I mean, they've designed it where, I guess, your standard... I don't know if it's an 8x4 or a 3x6 table or something. But, the, you know, the rotation of the thing just doesn't extend past the table. If you look at some of the pictures, they've just created a nice rectangular size that doesn't kill people but the thing is that i like about this is that it kind of to some extent it maximizes your game space it because you're now working two tiered and this thing goes over your components so you can have your components on the regular table and you can have more stuff on the table and then this floats over it so you're only losing the surface area of the base platform which is kind of cool because it's almost like playing on two tables at once so, I
2: think there are cheaper ways to get this done.
0: That is, is probably true. This isn't <laughs> this is an expensive accessory, but I thought it was interesting.
2: It's interesting. I like not $200 interesting and but there are people that must think that cuz they funded. Yeah. Like yeah. well overfunded. So, I mean, that's cool. I I like lazy susans. I don't like them this much.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm on a quest to make a cheaper Lazy Susan, but I like the idea. I think that it's much like box inserts are a big thing. Custom dice. I think that like game table accessories should be considered. You know, things. I that... would
2: rather put my money into this than a box insert. I'll give you yeah. that.
1: Yeah, just give me the measurements. I'll make one this summer. Okay, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Look for our Kickstarter <laughs> coming soon. I'm not going to put like steel beams in it or anything, but. I can definitely make the wooden frame. Yeah. yeah. Easily.
0: All right. Well, so that is the Lazy Gamer. So check that out. Got a couple quick mentions. Uh, The first is the Paco Games Set 2. We have a review over on nonsensicalgamers.com. You can head over there to read about Orc, So, Rum, and Jim. These are the gum packet, pocket micro games. Uh, A lot of game to chew on, I think, is one of their taglines. They're pretty good. We like them. Uh, They're quick and simple but they cross a variety of themes, and they cross a variety of play mechanics. So something to check out there. Another one that I saw was Grifters from Indie Board and Card. These are your coup and, uh, what's that game called? The Resistance. The Resistance people. And uh, this is a hand management game for two to four players. And it's kind of cool because it's based around this cooldown mechanic where you have a hand of specialists. Those specialists can complete jobs. But they take time. So as you play them, they'll progress along this track. And when they fall off the track, they come back to your hand. So it's hand management in the sense that, you know, when you spend a card, you won't have it for a couple of turns. There are special powers that let you manipulate that, move them around. Uh, And it's pretty low price. So Grifters was a cool one. And then one that I am just infatuated with is called Flag Dash. And this is a capture the flag game. It's essentially program movement uh, with... You prioritize your movements with uh, with like a prioritization. you put little tokens on them and then whoever has the highest number goes first and so on. but the they have meeples that hold a little wooden flag. It's awesome. Okay. Oh, come on, Tiff. <laughs> you love quirky things.
2: I saw this one. I almost put it on the thing on the for the ones that I was really looking at, but I don't know. Capture the flag is not a theme that excites me i thought it was cool tiff
1: would prefer if the meeples were holding
0: towels
2: (laughs) we can modify
0: them (laughs) i thought this was cool i like um some of these more like realistic I, i don't know one i like sports games and two i don't know these are it's cool it's bright and colorful you play capture the flag it's got different like arenas that you can play in and the meeples hold the
2: flag tiff go outside you can hold a flag. Uh,
0: but the meeples, <laughs> Tiff. But the meeples. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Uh, they are close to funding, so uh, go support them if you think it looks cool. And those are all of our Kickstarters for for the day. Lots of weird and interesting stuff this time. You know? Uh, a couple of league news things. Let's transition into that. If you check out nonsensicalgamers.com you can see the uh, League highlight on Ben. You can learn about our resident scientist. We will have a Seven Ronin review up there to check out. A Far Space Foundry review to check out as well. And we'll have our What We've Been Playing blog if you're interested to hear about what we've been playing over the weekend. And then in the future, on Friday, we will have our trick-taking long list. So if you're interested in our favorite trick-taking games, you can check out the long list on nonsensicalgamers.com. And with that, we have reached the end of the news, broadcast news for March 17th. Thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can check us out on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can join the conversation at the BGG Guild number 2077. Ask for a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge in the thread or join some of the other conversations going on over there. You can check us out on YouTube for all of our video content, including our first live episode of the podcast and you can find us on places like instagram if you like sharing photos feel free to use the nonsensical gamers hashtag and if you enjoy the show we would love it if you uh, wrote some itunes reviews for us they help us get feedback on the show and improve the content hearts on board game links also help if you want to chat personally with us the best place to do that is twitter and tiff if people want to go in on some board gaming towels with you (laughs) and single-handedly support a project how can they do that
2: i am at inept gamer
0: and dan if people want to chat with you how can they do that at league nonsense or at scandalous underscore nad you sounded so sad At scandalous underscore nad uh, it's always raining on twitter i am at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically and tune in next week for episode 41 of the podcast we will see you then
2: Toodles. Bye. Bye.